Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 164, Being Love. It's December 18th, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, etc. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any form or in any capacity. My music is by Howie Moscovich. Being love. Oh my heavens, another podcast about love. Can you stand it? Well, I hope so because love is one of the most important emotions and most valuable emotions we have on the planet for human beings. So before I break apart being love, please visit my website to enter my giveaway. My disclaimer is this podcast and none of my content in any format is designed or intended to be taken or used as medical or therapy advice. I'm not a therapist. This is not medical or therapy advice. If you're in the deaf or hard of hearing community, or you know people who are in the deaf or hard of hearing community, please let them know. I do have transcripts for all of my podcasts on my hosting platform, rss.com. And they are also good for you hearing people. So the transcripts were originated as a request from a hearing person who wanted to print them out, write notes on them, and put them in a notebook. So that's why we started them last year. Last but not least in any fashion, if you're suicidal, if you're thinking about suicide, if you're thinking about harming yourself, if life is too hard, if you can't muster the courage or the wherewithal to go on, I am asking you to stop and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or you may call or text 988. That number again is 1-800-273-8255 or you may call or text 988. What I promise you is if you understood how you got put together as a human being, you would probably not feel suicidal. You would probably be proud of yourself for making it this far without resources, without support, without love and affection, without lots of things. So make that call if that's how you feel. All right, being love. Now that's B-E-I-N-G, being love. Well, first of all, I do have to say that I do, the title of this podcast is Love Period, Life Period, Love Life. And I have a number of other podcasts of love, which I was on love, which I was looking at earlier. So I have podcast number one, Be Well Loved. Number 12, Love Requires Vulnerability vulnerability and Trust. Number 15, How to Have More Love in Your Life. Number 71, Love Your Imperfections. Number 95, Running Away from Love. And oops, I missed 92, Grow Your Heart Like the Grinch. Number 112, The Lost Art of Love and Affection. And number 129, Letting Love In. So now we have eight podcasts on love. We're going to add one more. So love as a noun, love as a noun, is a noun, 
is a strong feeling of affection and concern towards another person that is arising from either kinship or close friendship. And a second definition is a strong feeling of affection and concern coupled with sexual attraction. So that, so we know what love is. Now being, B-E-I-N-G, being is a noun and the definition for that is a, the state or quality of having existence. So the synonym for being is existence. And the other definitions are you could be, being could be a person and it could be the totality of things that exist. But what we're really talking about with being is the essence. Now, I've said being loved to people and they have said to me, what are you talking about? Well, you actually know being loved. What you know, here's, let me give you some other words other than being loved that you're very familiar. You're familiar when someone is being a jerk being kind, being thoughtful, being generous, being sweet, being compassionate, being mean, being cruel, being empathetic, being helpful, being rude, being aggressive, being stubborn, being righteous, being arrogant, being a know-it-all, being friendly, being organized, being frugal, being nasty, being cute, being sexy, being authentic, being fake, being fun, being funny, being playful, being shallow, and being understanding. You know all of those. We could go on and on, being grumpy, you know, like being tired, being exhausted. You know lots of ways of being. You do. It's just that we don't talk about someone being love or being love and affection. We just typically don't talk about that. So what does it look like when someone is being love? Well, I think that's a good question. Here is a short list of what qualities you might see when someone is being loved, or you might feel patience, kindness, humility, honoring other people, not being self-centered, not keeping score, not holding grudges, not getting angry or not, or getting angry in a slow or limited fashion, Um, telling the truth, protecting, trusting, having hope persevering and having faith and no fear. So does that sound familiar? Because it might sound like 1 Corinthians 13 from the Bible. Love is one of the big words in the Bible. Actually, I did look it up and it allegedly, allegedly love is mentioned over 500 times in the Bible. That's a lot of times. So, and, and there are many quotes about love in the Bible beyond 1 Corinthians 13. I think 1 Corinthians 13 is one of the most famous quotes from the Bible used in weddings and ceremonies and organizations. It's a a common biblical passage. Funerals. So 1 Corinthians 16 though, verse 14, is let all that you do be done in love. And uh, John 1 verse 4 verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear for fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. So that's the Bible. But guess what? (laughs) Guess what, people? Love goes back to the beginning of time, the beginning of humanity, where Famous philosophers and famous scholars and writers wrote about love. So, for for example, um, Seneca the Younger, who was a Stoic philosopher in 4 BC to 66 AD, wrote, quote, 
one of the most beautiful qualities true friendship of true friendship is to understand and to be understood end quote oh does that not have the familiar ring of some other quotes i've said yes another quote from aristotle quote love is composed of a single soul inhabiting two bodies end quote uh, I think he's referring to soulmates there. Number three, um, this is a Chinese philosopher, Lao Tzu, quote, being deeply loved by someone gives you strength while loving someone deeply gives you courage, end quote. And uh, one last famous philosopher quote from Sophocles, quote, one word frees us of all the weight and pain in life. That word is love, end quote. So in the Greek, way back in the Greek, they had three kinds of concepts or three notions for love, uh, eros, agape, and philia, which were different types of love, like eros was passionate desire, usually sexual. Agape, which you often hear agape with the Bible and biblical um, references to love and God. Agape, the kind of love, is the kind of love that God has for us, a kind of brotherly love. And then philia is affection towards or friendly feelings. So that's kind of the, their take on, on love. So we have this word love, and we don't talk about people being loved, though, right? We talk about people being grumpy, being mean, being kind, being thoughtful. We talk about people being all kinds of ways, but you rarely hear someone saying, oh, they're being loved. You know, well, you might hear someone say, well, they're, they're very affectionate or they're, they're being very affectionate, but it's not common. We don't hear that very common. So what is going on when love is missing? So I thought that would be a good place to start. What's going on when love is missing? Because if you're not being loved, there's other things happening, right? Okay. Well, here's a, here's a list of many things of the many things, resentment, scorn, contempt, revenge, hate animosity, hostility, dislike, loathing, disgust, abuse, anger, cruelty, brutality, torture, condemnation, degradation, humiliation, criticizing, belittling, bad-mouthing, disparaging, neglect, ignoring, uh, repulsion, despisement, spite, irritation, rancor, distaste, retaliation, vengeance, malevolence, unfriendliness, vitriol, meanness, persecution, rudeness, rejection, disapproval, bashing, dishonor, diminished, demonizing, destroying, and mistreating. So that gives you some of what could be going on in the absence of love. I mean, like who knows what's going on? You're being some way. Who are you being? How are you being? So let's look at what is present when love is here. Like, so we just heard what might be present if love's missing. Well, when love or love and affection is present, you have affection, appreciation, devotion, respect, passion, tenderness, being cherished, treasure, being treasured, fancied, being captivated by, holding dear, relishing, esteem, favor, loyalty, tenderness, warmth, compassion, playing, laughter, lust, infatuation, friendship, fondness, like, enjoy, care for, be crazy for, think the world of, admire, prize, adore, value, dig, attachment, praise, kindness, bliss, fun, and dedication. Well, isn't that much cooler? <laughs> that is way cooler <laughs> than when love is missing. Yeah, who wouldn't want to be appreciated? Who wouldn't want to be cherished? Who wouldn't want to be, you know, respected? Who wouldn't want to be admired? Like, like, who wouldn't want to be praised? 
Love is where it's at, people. I hate to break it to you. I hate to break it to you. As if as if all the other podcasts didn't make didn't get it clear. No, I really think this is a, a valuable notion because we really do not talk about being, like who you're being and being this. And, you know, so here's the next thought I had in this podcast was, okay, what would it be like <clears throat> if you look use love as a filter? Isn't that a good question? Well, it would be different, right? It would change the way you look at life. So before I get into that, uh, I really want to take a look at, well, what filters, if you're not using love as a filter, then what other filters are you looking at life through? Because looking at life through love is a filter or it's a lens. It's a way of being. So if I'm being love, I'm being, you know, just like if you're being grumpy or you're being mean, you know what that means. You know what being mean means. So if you're being love, it means certain things. So what's the alternative? Well, if you're not looking at life through love, what other lenses might you use? Well, the number one common lens being used in society today, and we know this from the statistical prevalence, is low self-esteem. The statistical prevalence of low self-esteem comes in at 85% worldwide. So by all accounts, there seems to be complete agreement about this, that about 85% of the world's population has low self-esteem. So what does that mean? That means you feel not deserving, not worthy, not good enough. Self-loathing possibly, depending on the degree. So what does this do to you and what does it do to how you experience life? It distorts life because you hear life, you perceive life, you see and hear and perceive life through, I'm not good enough, I'm not deserving, I'm not worthy, they're better than me, they deserve better than me, I I don't cut it. So I really want you to get this, okay? When you have the lens of low self-esteem or the filter You are adding context, you are adding meaning, you are adding nuance that is not there. You're adding it yourself. You're not aware that you're adding it. Like you're not aware that you're doing this. I'm hoping to wake you up here and make you aware that you are doing this. So for example, you come to the conclusion that someone doesn't like you. And so if when I work with this, how I know this is because everybody I work with has low self-esteem. So when I ask somebody, somebody will say to me, well, you know, they don't like me. And I'll say, oh, okay, well, why do you think that? Why do you say that? What's your evidence? What, you know, give me your, give me your data that supports that. Which, by the way, that would be the podcast called What is Your Evidence? So typically, typically, though, when I ask that, there's a little pause and um, they really, they don't have evidence. Like there's really, there's not something that happened. Now there's sometimes there could be, and sometimes there has been, but not necessarily evidence that supports that conclusion. I mean, if you have a conclusion that someone doesn't like you, I would hope you have some facts to back it up. And most frequently when I am coaching someone or working with someone or just even having conversations with people and I'll say, why do you think that? Or or, why would you think they don't like you? Or why would you think whatever? They really don't have a body of evidence if they have any. And another example would be someone forgets something trivial about your life and, and the person, you know, like 
So, so whoever you're talking to, they forgot something about your life. Now, it might be trivial, it might not be trivial. And the meaning that you make up, if you have low self-esteem, because this is the lens or filter we're talking about, is that, that um, you make up something negative, like you're not important to them. Because if you were important to them, they would remember that about you. That's very common. Very, very common. That little example. Yeah. Like, oh, they didn't remember my birthday. Oh, they didn't remember my anniversary. They didn't remember that. Uh, it's my second, like, you know, whatever it is. And then you take that fact that they didn't remember. And then you make it mean they don't like you, that you make it mean that you're not important to them. You make it mean whatever you make it mean, but you're adding this nuance. Listen, it's human to forget stuff. I, I have enough trouble keeping track of my own life. That's why I have lists. I do not expect myself to keep track of other people's lives, their details, etc. That's what paper and pen and computers and Excel is for. But some people out in the world, they get personally offended and deeply hurt when someone forgets their birthday. Like you're not, you're just like, you're not being reasonable and you're adding meaning. So low self-esteem is a big problem when it comes to life because, and, and the people, and I'm, I'm disappointed that for the hot, it's hot, it's epidemic at 85%. We're talking epidemic. And I'm disappointed that at 85% epidemic levels, we're not really talking to people about the impact. Like we, we, we know it's a problem, but we're not really talking about the impact. So low self-esteem, number one. Number two, something else that will be a filter other than love is irrational thinking. Now, irrational thinking means that the way that you think is either flawed, inaccurate, or distorted in some way. And when you have irrational thinking and your thinking is then distorted or flawed or wrong or inaccurate, then your judgments, your thoughts, your decisions, everything that you think is now off base. And we call that, by the way, irrational thinking we call a cognitive distortion, of which there are many, 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 like more than probably 20. I, I've seen lists of 50, but I don't I don't think we have agreement. We don't have agreement on the definition for good mental health. We don't have agreement on the criteria for what constitutes good mental health. I certainly know we don't have agreement on how many cognitive distortions there are or what they are, but there's plenty of them. And from what I have been researching, it's extremely common. My guess is it's over 50 or 60% could be much higher. I don't know, which is why I'm not giving it a number, but I feel confident enough to say now it's definitely over 50 or 60%. Could be, could be over 70%. I'm not really sure, but there are many forms and it's extremely common, but it, but it skews your view. So for example, if you have emotional reasoning as your form of irrational thinking and emotional reasoning is a cognitive distortion. What emotional reasoners do is they use their emotions as if they are facts to reason with. So instead of using a fact like, well, they forgot my birthday, they would, they would say, well, they hurt my feelings. The fact is they hurt my feelings. Really, the fact is they forgot my birthday, which could, you know, could mean that, you know, you're, you're feeling hurt, but it could also mean that you know, a number of other things, but they're using, instead of using facts, they're using emotions to reason with. 
Another example is black or white or all or nothing thinking. It's either black or it's white. It's all or it's nothing. Um, there are many, many, I, I do have a podcast on cognitive distortions that will help you and you can move away from them. These the, Low self-esteem is not permanent. You're not sentenced to spend the rest of your life with low self-esteem or irrational thinking. These things can be dealt with, but they do change the color of life. They change the flavor of life. They change how you do life, like seriously. And you, you may, may very well be aware if you have low self-esteem, I don't know. But most people who have irrational thinking or cognitive distortion, I would, I would assert, are not aware. But this is definitely going to skew love. It's going to impact your relationships and not, not in a good way. The third thing that will be an alternative to looking at life through love or being love would be negative thinking. Now, I, I know a lot of people who think negatively and they mostly will not admit to it. What they call themselves is, is realists. They won't even call themselves pessimists. So negative thinking, you know, puts a negative spin on, on life. That's what negative thinking does. And it definitely adds meaning and nuance and context that is not there. It becomes even more problematic when it, when it comes with overthinking, brooding, ruminating, and catastrophizing, which it often does. Those things often go together. As I talk about in my podcast, Negative Thinking Got You Down. So it's like a perfect synergy or a perfect symphony that we have negative thinking and we have catastrophizing, brooding, <coughs> ruminating, overthinking. It is the perfect storm for some people and it changes how you view life because you're not thinking about the positives or the positive possibilities. You're only thinking about how it could blow up. So you ha you, you're, and for many of these people who do negative thinking, catastrophizing, overthinking, brooding, and ruminating, they go down like the rabbit hole. Like Allison wonder right down the rabbit hole. It's never going to work. They're too good for me. They're going to reject me. They don't like me. They don't want me in their tribe. They don't want me in their posse. They already have enough friends or, you know, they wouldn't like me anyway. And they just blow it up. And they are often blind to the impact. Like they don't get the real impact that this has. And negative thinking is something that you can change because guess what? People have been doing it since the beginning of time and there are books about it that will help you. Um, one of them is uh, The Power of Positive Thinking by, I think it's uh, uh, Norman, oh, I can't even remember his name, Norman Van Peel or Norman Vincent, and whatever. Anyway, The Power of Positive Thinking and that book's been around for decades. That's a classic. It's a very, a very, I've never read it. I never had to read it because that, why would I read a book about something that I already do? Anyway, so that's, that's number three. Number four is trauma. We are not talking about trauma nearly as much as we could or as much as we should, in my opinion. But childhood trauma or trauma later in life can be a barrier to love and a barrier to you being love. And it would be reasonable. This is very reasonable, people. All of these things are reasonable, by the way. And please don't be beating yourself and thinking, oh, see, there's something else wrong with me. No, you could go, woohoo, here, I'm going to, I'm going to get what's out of the way. I'm going to get this out of the way so I can have love and affection and have this amazing life or not. But, but trauma, you are very likely to have had trauma and that the way you got put together as a human being is extremely likely from as a result of trauma 
meaning that the way you're put together is a series of trauma responses from whatever happened. Like, for example, me being guarded or running away from love or me being independent or, you know, like there are certain ways that I am that are trauma responses. And, you know, like this is like, these are things you like, seriously, things you want to deal with. But trauma can be a lens. Now, I have trauma and I have trauma responses, but I also have the whole being love, being love, being love from a very young age. Thank God, thankfully, for some for some reason. So trauma can be a lens and it can be a problematic lens. The next uh, thing I have as a problem or a lens is resignation. And resignation is basically the state where you've basically given up or thrown in the towel. And that happens more than you realize, especially when it comes to love. Love, platonic and romantic. This happens in platonic and romantic. I mean, there are people who lost a best friend when they were 27 and then made the decision at 27, they weren't going to have a best friend again. Or there are people who had a romantic relationship that didn't go well at 38 or some age. And then they decided, yeah, I'm not doing that again. I mean, I know deciding not, I, was, I decided I wasn't going to do that again. And the universe had a change of heart. So it's not unfair or unreasonable that you might be in resignation. But resignation will stop you from being loved. The next area that can be a lens or a filter that stops love or being loved is, which is number six, is low emotional abilities. So sometimes when you have low emotional abilities, like having romance or having platonic friendships that get too close are too much. They're too much. They're too intense. Even I'm talking, you know, platonic relationships too. This is not just romantic. And so you have to pull back and distance yourself. And sometimes in a platonic friendship, then the other person that you were friends with, you know, gets the wrong idea and thinks you don't want to be friends when it's simply a matter of you need space to regulate your emotions because you're not used to having close guy friends or girlfriends, which is not unreasonable, but it would if you could recognize it, you could say, Hey, look, I really, I'm enjoying getting to know you. I think, you know, we could go hunting and fishing together, but I need a little space. So let's catch up in a week or two. You know, like you, you could actually not even verbalize that you need to regulate your emotions or that it's too much, but you could say, Hey, I don't want you to get the wrong idea. I just need a little space. I'm going to go be busy on a project or what have you. But you know, we as society, in society overall, in, in general, I'm talking generally speaking, have extremely low emotional abilities. We are low in being able to identify emotional vocabulary words. We are low in emotional regulation. And we, I would say as a society, I'd say have like little to no processing and management abilities which is why I did put together a workbook, which is free on my website to help you with that, which is the things that you do in your mind. This is the distinction. What you'll find on the web is punch a pillow, rip up a paper, you know, draw a picture, talk to a friend, cry, make a gratitude. You'll find activities to do out in the 3D world, but not in your mind. And so it's not unreasonable 
that as a society, we're not being love all, the, all over the place because we've had too many people who have had love and affection withheld from them as a child or as an adult through, you know, a dysfunctional family or domestic abuse or what have you. So it's, it's unfamiliar. It doesn't feel normal. It doesn't feel natural. So that's number six. Number seven is having a bad experience. This is common too. So sometimes, as I mentioned, it's not resignation. It's just simply a bad, you know, bad experience. It could put you into resignation. A bad experience could put you into resignation, but it doesn't always. Sometimes what it just does is leave you guarded and maybe a little jaded and you might resist friendships or you might resist a romantic relationship, but you're not in resignation. So a bad experience, platonic or romantic, can leave thwart you being loved because you're guarded or you're maybe a little jaded. You're not in resignation, but it could just propel you. A bad experience could propel you into resignation. That's usually what happens. And lastly, number eight is a lack of gratitude. Well, there's a lot of, you know, overlap about gratitude and love because they're, they're kind of richly related. So, so there you have the common, most common, there's, there, there are other filters or lenses that will stop you from being loved, but those are probably the most common based on statistical prevalence. So what does having the filter of being love, what does being love look like in real life? Well, I have a number of traits or, or characteristics, not all of them because there's so many, but I've got at least 20. So number one, you are not jealous, envious, or resentful of others. No, when you're being love, you're you're not going to be jealous. That's, that is not love. That is envious, resentful. No, mm -mm. Uh, you are genuinely, you genuinely want the best for others and encourage others. You are happy most of the time being, being love. You are being love. And when you're in the state of being love, like life is flowing and life is good and you feel love and you know, I'm not talking about being in love with another person. I'm talking about the state of being love, like being grumpy, only not being grumpy or tired or mean. You're being love. Uh, number four, you believe good things are coming your way. Number five, you see the best in other people. Six, you feel good about yourself. You actually love yourself. Seven, you are authentic and real. Eight, you feel bad and sorry for people who are mean, cruel, or unkind to others, as well as other bad behavior. Uh, most people feel good around you. You enjoy life. You feel deeply. You have deep compassion for the human condition and humanity. You see possibilities in most people and situations. You seek the truth. You are generous. Life is richer and more connected. You deal, you can deal with pain, sorrow, and heartache. You nurture others. You are an agent for change. You are at peace. People are drawn to you and your energy. You are forgiving and don't hold, don't hold grudges. So there's a whole lot of things and they're all great. They're like quite amazing. They're also the reason that people won't like you. <laughs> I do. I do have to say that. Listen, if you are being love and being love and affection, and you're just happy, people are not going to like you. But you, no matter who you are, no matter what kind of 
people personality or whoever how you're being people there were always going to be some people who don't like you i mean you could be generous and some people will not like you all right so if i distill down the biggest obstacles to you being loved number one is irrational thinking now, i'm not saying number one this is not in in order of importance so i've got four here that i think are the top four that you can deal with that you can impact so number one I have on the list is irrational thinking because you can move to rational thinking and I highly recommend it. I don't see you having the best life possible with irrational thinking. I don't, I don't see that. I think rational thinking should be a criteria for good mental health because otherwise you're just saying, oh, distorted thinking, inaccurate thinking, flawed thinking is fine. No, it's not fine. So number one is irrational thinking. Number two is low self-esteem. Number three is low emotional abilities. And number four is negative thinking. Those are the top things that will cut you off from being love. If you want to be love. And I would hope you would want to be love. Why not? You want to be grumpy. You want to be mean. You want to be tired. No, you want to be love. Be love and affection. So let me wrap this up with some final suggestions to move you towards being love being love and affection number one grow your emotional abilities well i have a workbook i i will be i will be updating it we're on version 5.0 i do have some changes to make um some some improvements and uh but it's free like it's what do you want it's free and I don't believe this is in any way optional if you want good mental health. I do not in any way. Like, bring it on. Try to convince me that you can have good, rock-solid mental health without emotional abilities. Well, we know if you don't have emotional regulation and emotional abilities, that's what leads to suicide and addictions. I mean, for starters. And depression. And a whole lot of other things. So, of course, emotional abilities are important. I have a free workbook, so go download it. Number two, self-awareness. Well, I did just recently do a podcast about being mindful, mindfulness and being present. And that will help you with self-awareness because you'll be, you'll be aware of yourself. You'll be aware of other people. You'll be aware of situations. You know, so for you, start to notice, start to observe, observe yourself, observe others, like notice things. Like I have to say sometimes, sometimes when I, when I'm out in the world and I see somebody, how they parked a car and I think, hmm, I, I, I wonder whether they're self-aware. Like, why would you park your car like that if you were self-aware? I don't know. Like, did they just pull in and get out and not even notice? Like, I, I don't know. Sometimes I, because I'm very self-aware of myself, but I'm also aware. I have a heightened mindfulness and being present to the world I'm in and the surroundings and the people. So I will notice things that other people don't necessarily notice. Let's start noticing. Bring this heightened awareness to your life. Number three, self-care and self-compassion. Well, one big obstacle to have being love is if you don't like yourself. If you don't like yourself, how much can you really like other people? Well, I don't know. I mean, isn't, isn't that a good question? I do not know. I think you can like other people to a degree, but... But one showstopper is low self-esteem. So self-care and self-compassion are the tools to help you boost your low self-esteem. I don't think it's really that optional for good mental health to have 
low self-esteem. I think having healthy, standalone self-esteem should be a criteria for good mental health. I do. All right. So number four, recognize trauma and trauma bonding. So it's very likely that you have had trauma. It's, it's like, it's not a hundred percent, but it's high. It's highly predictable that you've had trauma in your life. That's just predictable based on the statistics. So what's that means that it's also very likely that you have been trauma bonded with someone in your life, which could still be going on. And that perpetuates the abuse. I'm thinking about doing a podcast on trauma bonding because I find it so fascinating because it's, it is present in almost everybody's life who's had trauma, I think. And we don't recognize it because we make excuses for people and we justify their behavior, but healing will help you allow yourself to move into being love and being love and affection. All right. So number five, rational thinking. I've already talked about that. Number six, learn to control your mind. Well, I do have a podcast called learn to control your mind. And I also have a podcast called negative thinking got you down. You can learn to control your mind. I promise you this has also been done since the beginning of time. This has been written about. You could go back thousands of years. All the things that we're talking about now, for the most part, are not new. Maybe new to you. We do. We now have new research. We have lots of new research that we didn't have a hundred years ago, or you know, a thousand years ago. But you can learn to control your mind, and you can learn to deal with negative thinking. I highly recommend that because that, especially negative thinking, will will just you'll talk yourself out of friendships. You'll talk yourself out of love. You'll talk yourself out of all kinds of really great things because that's part of the the impact of negative thinking. And my last suggestion is, hopefully you're now thinking about who are you being? Am I being grumpy today? Am I being productive? I mean, there's just, there's all kinds of ways of being. It's just rare that you hear someone say, oh, they're being love and affection. I'd love for people to start being love and affection so that people are saying, oh yeah, no, they're not grumpy. They're love and affection. They're being love and affection. My last suggestion is that you, as a human being with purpose and with intention, bring love and affection into your life because you can do that. You can do that even if you have irrational thinking. You can do that even if you have low self-esteem. You can do that really if you just, you know, have tons of trauma and, you know, big problems. You can do that. But it takes intention. And I have, obviously, I listed eight other podcasts on love at the beginning of this podcast. So I have content to help you. But love, according to the Marion Diamond, Diamond Research Lab, research on neuroplasticity, you know, love is one of the most valuable, intentional experiences we can have as human beings. So my request is that you go out and start getting to work on yourself and your life so that you can have this amazing life. Like, so you can really say, oh, pinch me, pinch me. Is this my life? Do, is this what I, is this really my life? Like that you're so happy. You're so joyous. Like, why not have that? Or you can have worry, depression, anxiety, but go bring love and affection into your life. 
and do me a big favor and share this because we need a team. I need a team of people who want the same thing, who want more love and affection, who want more mental health in the world, who want more happiness in the world. So if that's something you'd enjoy, then share my podcast because that, that's the most likely way it'll happen because we have way too many gurus. There's not an ounce of love in their presentations, not one little ounce. All right, that's it. I love you. Take care. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 164, Being Love. I certainly hope moving forward from today on, you are going to start being love. Not being grumpy, not being mean, not being sad, but being love. Bring love and affection into your life fully. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you get the new ones automatically. (laughs) You'd hate to miss one, I know. Please share this on social media. Share this with other people because we want the world to have more love and affection. I hope you're doing well. I do love you. Hang in there for now. That's it.